0: Hare Krishna, welcome back to the Bhagavad Gita study circle. We have been discussing Bhagavad Gita since last one year now and uh, we have cover, covered about three chapters and uh, very recently, just a few sessions ago, we completed the third chapter that is Karma Yoga and now here we are in the fourth chapter that is Transcendental Knowledge. So there are very beautiful shlokas coming up here in this particular uh, chapter. In fact, I should say that There are uh, some very famous verses of the Bhagavad Gita which are very often quoted in uh, the TV serials or most of the programs, the social programs, the spiritual programs. These are some of the very important shlokas and two of such shlokas we are going to cover today which are very, very famous, very popular and very interesting. So, as usual, we begin with uh, our pranam mantras. So, let me share the screen and you can all please join uh, we also have Ji joining us. Thank you so much, Ji. So, let's begin the session with the Pranam mantras. Let me share the screen. And uh, here we go. Just give me a moment. And uh, great. So, I'm sure you're able to. See the screen and uh, let's offer this session to my beloved spiritual master, His Divine Grace AC Bhaktivedanta Swami Srila Prabhupada, the founder Acharya of SCOT. So let's begin with the pranam mantras, I request all of you to please join your palms and uh, chant the slokas, the pranam mantras along with me as they are displayed on the screen mamao vishnu padaya krishna preshtaya bhutale shrimate bhakti vedanta ते सारस्वते देवे गौरवाणी प्रचारिणे निर्विशेषा शून्यवादी पाश्यत देशतारिणे जय श्री कृष्ण चैतन्य Prabhu-nithyanandha Shriya Dvaita Gadadhara Shrivasadhi Gaurabhakt Vrindhah Namo Mahavadanyaya Krishna Prema Pradayate Krishna Krishna Chaitanya NAMNE GAURA TWISHE NAMAHA NAMO BRHAHMAN DEVAYA GO BRHAHMAN JAGADHITAYA KRISHNAYA GOVINDAYA NAMO करणा सिंधो, दीन बंधो जगत्पते, गोपेशा गोपिका कांता, राधा कांत नमोस्तुते, तप्त कांचन गवरांगी, राधे ब्रिंधा वनेश्वरी, Rishabhanu Sute Devi, Pranamami Hari Priye, Vanchakalpatalubhyasya, Kripa Sindhubhyayevacha, Patitanam Pavanibhyo, Vaishnavibhyo Namo Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama-Rama, Hare Hare. Om Agnānatimira ndrasya, agnāna janash shala kaya, chakshurun militam mena tasmai śrī Hare Krishna. So once again welcome all of you. We have uh, Vinoji, we also have uh, Hina Mataji joining us. So very nice to see all of you back again into the Bhagavad Gita session. So this is uh, session number 39 and uh, we have discussed so much uh, in Bhagavad Gita and uh, it's always so much deep to study Bhagavad Gita. Bhagavad Gita is like ocean, you know, there is so much to know, there is so much to assimilate, there is uh, enough knowledge for all of us to just build more and more and get closer to Krishna. But if you really want to understand Bhagavad Gita, we should not be swimming on the surface level. We need to dive deep. And that's why we call this as Bhagavad Gita study circle, we just don't run through, we just don't go through Bhagavad Gita, we are actually studying Bhagavad Gita. You know, can anyone tell me when people go, especially the fishermen, when they go to the ocean and they want to fish, you know, which are the fishes which actually get caught in the net? Can anyone tell me in the comment section or maybe you can just uh, reply. Uh, unmute yourself on stream and all my dear devotees here on YouTube. You can also comment and leave your comments here. So which are the fishes which actually get caught in the ocean? Where do you think which which type of fishes get caught? And then you know ultimately they get caught in the net and then they are actually uh, Killed and ultimately they satisfy the tongue of the human beings. So ultimately my question is who is the one? What type of fish actually get caught? So, <laughs> Vinod is saying immature ones. How do we decide whether somebody is immature or matured? Very nice by the way. Hinamata Ji, curious kind. So, Hinamata Ji is saying there are some curious fishes which actually come and they get caught. So, Yes, they are curious to know something. But when they are curious, what, they do, what do they do Hinamata Ji? When somebody gets curious, the fishes, when they get curious, what do they do? And, by the way, that's because of uh, their immaturedness and their recklessness. That's why they do something very... Uh, even if they are very curious, they could still be uh, not caught, right? Why do, why do they get caught? Let me see if somebody gets the right answer. You are very close to it. They get trapped in the... Net, the fish net, and they ultimately die. How do they get caught? They want to know the new things. Okay, Uma Kumar is saying, all very nice. You are becoming very philosophical, all of you. That's nice. But practically speaking, let's again, I want to see give some more chances to all of you. Which, when they when they are reckless, when they are immature, what do they do? What do they do? Don't listen to the advice of the elders. I know you are having trouble with your younger son maybe. You know, or maybe even Dev is troubling you. That's why you are saying this. So, <laughs> that's not the right answer. So what happens is, you see, because of their recklessness or because of their immaturity and like you say, they are very curious. The fishes, they, although all these things are there, what, do they, do? what they do is, they actually come to the surface of the ocean the net actually is not very deep the net is actually floating on the surface of the ocean and these curious, reckless, immature fishes when they actually try to come on the top on the surface level that's when they actually get caught right? but when the fishes are deep in the waters the net cannot catch them so in study of Bhagavad Gita we should also not be floating on the surface level, we should actually go deep. If we are simply floating on the surface, then Mrityu will come, That will come and trap us. Just like the net comes and catches all the fishes which are on the surface and they get trapped. So if we are also simply floating on the study of Bhagavad Gita at the surface level, then we will also be caught by Mrityu. So does that mean that we are not going to die if we study deep? No, we will die, but we will not have a repeated birth again. So, you have to go deep in the study of Bhagavad Gita. Otherwise, we will become, we have to face death and again come back again into this material ocean. Amrityu, Amrita, we will be able to achieve Amrita. Amrita means death, Amrita means that which is not going to die. So, if you want to really have this Amrita with you, then you need to go deep into the study of Bhagavad Gita, right? So, that's what we are trying to attempt here and understand Bhagavad Gita in a deeper sense. So, let's have a quick recap because last session we had on practical uh, spirituality and I am sure there is that evaporation of knowledge that happens over a period of time because Krishna Himself said, Krishna said in the third verse of the fourth chapter, what did He say? Sakale Neha Yogo It's the effect of time, it's the power of time which makes us forget everything. The knowledge evaporates. So it's been two weeks and I'm sure that knowledge has evaporated a little bit. So let's have a quick recap. So what has happened in the third chapter is Krishna has very beautifully explained the Karma Yoga. So now, as he was explaining Karma Yoga, Arjuna was probably getting the question Why and how is that Krishna all of a sudden is going to speak this? Why is he speaking this Karma Yoga spontaneously? Is this something that he is speaking out of his uh, uh, spontaneous thoughts? So to clarify that, Krishna said, no, no, this is not a spontaneous thought. He said that I have spoken this knowledge to Vivaswan, the Sun God. And then in turn he has spoken to Manu and Manu has spoken to Ikshivaku and this is coming in Parampara but because of the effect of time this knowledge has actually uh, discontinued. The lineage is being discontinued and that's why I'm speaking this to you again. Why? Because you are my Sakha. You are my friend. And we also understood the difference between Mitra, Surud and Sakha. Right? All these things we have covered in the previous session. So now, listening to this, Arjuna is having a question, a very logical question because he knows that Krishna is his contemporary. He is his cousin and they are almost of the same age. So now when Krishna is saying that, oh, I have spoken this knowledge to Sun God, now Arjuna is getting a question that how can he speak? to sun god. You know it's very logical to ask. He was probably thinking that let me wait Krishna will tell the answer but Krishna was not treading the answer because in the third verse he said that oh you're my sucker, that's why I'm sharing this but he didn't reveal why and how he actually spoke this to the sun god. So this is a very right time that Arjuna is going to ask this question so I request uh, uh, one second, let me add Dave. Okay, Dave is here. Dave, let's chant this shloka first uh, and then we will discuss this shloka. So let me share the screen. Okay, alright. So I hope the screen is visible to you. Yes, sir.
1: 4.4.
0: Yes. So yes. please repeat. Arjuna Vuacha.
1: Arjuna Ubacha
0: Aparam Bhavatojanma Aparam
1: Bhavatojanma
0: Param Janma परम Param Janma Vivasvataha Katam etat vijaniyam
1: Katam
0: etat vijaniyam once again, Arjuna Uacha Arjuna
1: Uacha
0: Aparam Bavatojan Ma Aparam,
1: janma,
0: Aparam janma, Param Janma Vivaswata Param Janma
1: Vivaswata
0: Katam met Vijaniyam
1: पथं नेदस विजानिया
0: ब्रह्मा दोप्रोक्तवानि Wonderful. You can read the translation by yourself.
1: Yes, Prabhupada. Arjuna said, the sun god Mivashvan is senior by birth to you. How am I to understand that in the beginning you instructed this science to him?
0: Wonderful. Thank you, then. So. <coughs> Hare so very interesting uh, question here by Arjuna Arjuna is thinking now that how could possibly that Krishna has spoken this particular knowledge to Sun God is and Sun approximately is about 120 million years ago. It's old so he is now trying to understand from Krishna that how could he speak this knowledge very nice, you know, our culture is so beautiful. Atato The scriptures say that human life is meant for inquiry. We are supposed to ask deep questions. Some very fundamental questions of life. So, here Arjuna is asking some questions like this. In fact, not just Arjuna, if you analyse all the various scriptures, It's all in the form of question-answers. You take Srimad Bhagavatam, you take Bhagavad Gita, you take Mahabharata, you take the Puranas You take all these different scriptures, it's all in the form of conversations. It's all about questions and answers but they are not some trivial questions. They are questions related to life. They are questions related to our existence, the purpose of life. So, Arjuna has a reason as to why he is supposed to, why uh, he asking this particular question. So let's understand the content and the mood of Arjuna. What is the content of this question? What is the mood behind asking this question? It's very important. Just imagine now, you know, you are talking to one of your friends, and uh, your friend tells you that, oh, you know that I have spoken this particular knowledge to your great great grandfather. You know, how will you feel? You will think that, what, what's happening? You have spoken knowledge to my great-great-grandfather when you were even not even born. He is dead long back and then you are telling me that you spoke this. You will not believe that. Right? You will say, "Hey, have you gone crazy? How could, I, how could you possibly speak this knowledge to my great-great-grandfather? So something like that has happened to Arjuna. Because he knows that he is my friend. Although now he has accepted Krishna as spiritual master in the second chapter. But in a very humble way he is asking that, how? Param Janma He He's saying that Aparam Bhavato Janma. Okay, you all and you and me have taken birth together, but Vivasvataha how could you have spoken this to Vivaswan? Katam Meetad vijaniyam Vijaniyam means how am, I, how am I supposed to know this? Tom Proktavaniti. To so this is where Krishna also is repeatedly has given this message in the Bhagavad Gita. Please have faith. Shraddhavan, you should always have faith in the words of Krishna. Faith is the basis for any interaction that we have in this world. Without faith, we cannot perform anything. If you get into the bus, you have that faith that the driver knows driving and he has a driving license. When you get into the plane, you are completely relying on the pilot. You have that faith, yes, this will uh, deliver me to the right destination. Right? We, on a day-to-day basis, even our regular things is based on faith. Without faith, we cannot operate. If you want to operate in this world, you need faith. So Krishna is saying, please have that initial faith. And based on that faith, you will understand this knowledge. Because a faithless person cannot understand Bhagavad Gita. That Adhav Shraddha is important. So, uh, he has asked this very logical question and Krishna wants to explain this logical question to Arjuna, so that's very very important, Okay, so let's go to the next verse because Krishna is very beautifully answering what Arjuna has asked now. So I want, uh, since there is some disturbance at Uma Kumar's place, I want Achutanji to unmute and uh, let's chant the next shloka Achutanji. so it is 4.5. Let's see what Krishna is speaking in 4.5. I hope uh, this is visible to you Achutanji, mm-hmm. the screen. Yes, sir. yes. Wonderful. Yes. Shri... yes, yes, I can, I can. Shri mm-hmm. Bhagavan Uvacha Shri
1: Bhagavan Uvacha
0: Bahuni Me vetitani Jnmani tavacha arjuna.
1: Janmani tava chajuna.
0: Tanyaham veda sarvani.
1: Tanya veda sarvani.
0: Natvam vittaparantapa. Natvam
1: vitaparam tapa.
0: Good, very nice. So let's repeat that once again. Sri bhagavān Nuvacha. बहुनी मे व्यतीतानी
1: बहुनी मे व्यतीतानी
0: जन्मानि Janmani चार्जुन Sarvani वेद Wonderful. Please read the translation by your side. The Blessed Lord said, in many births, both you and I have come. I can remember all of them, but you
1: cannot go subdue of the
0: enemy. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Hare Krishna. Alright. So here, the immediate answer that Krishna is giving to Arjuna here is Many many birds Both you and I have passed You know all of us, we both have actually come Many times before But I can remember all of them But you cannot So, bahuni me veti taani. So what Krishna is doing here is He is actually taking this question to the next level The whole framework of consideration has been expanded now to many lifetimes. It's not just about Krishna and Arjuna speaking in Dwapar Yuga. Krishna is telling Arjuna that don't think that it's just between you and me. Actually this has been many many lifetimes before. You and I have existed. So soul is eternal, Arjuna. So, you and I both have been existing. So, what's happening here? Krishna is telling and establishing a fact that he is superior to all the living entities. Why? He's saying that I can remember all of them, but you cannot. The same case is with us because we are like Arjuna. We don't remember what has happened in the past. Right? So, we all have memories but we forget, right, we all have memories but we forget, we tend to forget and why have we forgotten all that has happened in the past lifetime, can anyone give me an answer, why do we forget, why do we forget all our past lives? what is the reason behind we forgetting our past lives, so you can either unmute yourself and directly give your answers or you can also comment in the section. Okay, so why do we
1: forget? Prabhuji, it is actually that uh, like, you know, it is good that we forget because otherwise we, we keep thinking about the previous lifetime and
0: this lifetime. So, what's wrong with uh, thinking about past lives? Because anyway, you must have enjoyed so many things, you must have uh, uh, had wonderful things in the past life. Why it is not good to remember the past?
1: We will be keeping on contemplating on what wrong things we did. That is like the nature of the mind. We always think about, we don't keep thinking about the right things. Instead of that, we think on the things what we did wrong. In the ah,
0: world. Okay, wonderful, very nice. That's one of the answers. Very nice. It's because we have this tendency to think negative, and uh, that may actually stop us from thinking something positive in the current lifetime. Wonderful, very nice. Vino Chandanji is also saying that we will not be able to be enjoy our present. Very nice. It's very similar to the answer that Dave gave. Uma Kumar is also saying we will suffer a lot by remembering past life. Good. So this one point has actually been hammered in your mind, I think, because all of you remember this point that we had shared earlier. So that's very nice. And Achyutanji is saying that's detachment. Yes, we will not be able to detach is what you mean, because we still keep remembering and we get attached to the past. So is that what you mean Achyutanji? So, since we are remembering the past life, it stops us from being detached and we get more attached.
1: Yeah, so, Guruji, uh, what I meant is basically, uh, you know, once you remain attached to the previous life, yes. then uh, you will not have a present life. <laughs> you should not have any detachment. I mean, not have any attachment.
0: Correct. Wonderful. That's also a very good answer actually. I was not expecting that but it's a very nice answer. So. Here Hinamata Ji is saying, we will be stuck in those karmas and karmic bonds. Yeah, all those, anyway we are stuck with the karmic bonds, but it will further induce us to do the same activities again and again and we may not be able to do the right thing going forward. So that's very nice. You see what happens is, the reason why, a technical reason, most of the memories that we have is related to the body most of the memories is related to the body oh you know i got hurt i still remember you know i once uh, pierced a sharp object in my uh, belly region and that mark is still there i still remember you know it's it gave me a lot of pain and hurt and that mark is still there you know we have some scars like that so you see some memories most of the memories are related to the body and some of them maybe a little Uh, little lesser than the body the memories are related to the mind so most of the memories that we have are actually related to the body and the mind so what happens is at the point of death now birth and death they are memory wipers you know these are very very painful situations birth and death are memory wipers so what happens is the moment this body dies and we have memories which are related to this body all our memories vanish we all forget all the past memories it's because they were all related to the body and the body is dead and gone and we get a new body but still sometimes we are able to remember the past life especially children it's because they have some memories related to the mind there are some very strong impressions which are impressed upon the mind in the past life and they are carried forward and that's why some of them are able to remember the past lives. not everything but some of them so that is why we forget why because majority of the memories that we have is related to the senses and the body and we forget once it is gone it's gone that's number one and the number two reason why we forget and it's good to forget is because You see, in Krishna's arrangement, Krishna has created this body so beautifully that there is an inbuilt psychological defense mechanism within us. This defense mechanism is so nice that any painful situations, memories that we have, as per the force of time, we forget all those painful memories. And it is good, like all of you mentioned, It's good that we forget all these memories because we will not be able to live our life if we simply, continuously contemplate on all the past things, all the garbage and all the painful, hurtful things that we have experienced, we will not be able to enjoy life. And that's why it's extremely important for devotees to forgive and forget. When you forgive, it becomes very easy to forget. Many people, they hold on to grudges all throughout their life. They want to maintain the grudge and they are unable to forgive people for the hurtful things that they have said, for the hurtful things they have done to them and we keep that vengeance within us and that's why we continue to suffer all the time. It's like holding the coal in your hand. Although you want to throw at the people that they have hurt you but you are actually burning yourself before you even burn them. Right? So that's what happens with us. So it's better that we forget. The more you contemplate on all these things, it's dangerous. But you see, Krishna's arrangement is so wonderful, we forget, we forget, Krishna makes us forget and it's a blessing actually, it's a mercy of Krishna that this system is there within us, very beautiful. Maybe artificial intelligence cannot do it, right? Dave, you should work on this, it's very important. (laughs) Artificial intelligence, it will only remember, it cannot forget. I don't think they have a system of forgetting things, it's very important. And the third reason, now this is, uh, third reason is also very important, our memory itself is very volatile, our memory, human memory is very volatile, why do I say is because you see, today is uh, 21st March 2021, do you remember what did you do in 2020 the same day, 21st March 2020, does anyone know? Don't tell me that you attended the Bhagavad Gita class on 21st March. No, we don't remember what we did. You see, it's so volatile. Memory, it just goes. We don't remember anything that we did last year, the same day. So, that is the difference between us and Krishna. Now, Krishna is so powerful. He remembers not just what he did, on this particular day last year, but He can exactly te- tell us what He did this particular second, this particular minute. It is so powerful. Krishna's memory is so powerful. In fact, the remembrance, memory comes from Krishna. Krishna says, when you forget, I give you the remembrance. Why? Because Krishna is all-knowing. He's all-knowledgeable. Past, present and future. He is Trikali Isn't it? In fact, one more very uh, scientific uh, thing I want to share with all of you because we are sharing here about memory. You know, today we are all talking about cloud computing and everything is there in the cloud and all the data is getting stored in the cloud and everybody wants to put their data on the cloud. Cloud, you know, cloud means what? It's actually in the sky. Sky means tattva. You will not believe. Actually, sound, right now as we are speaking, the sound is actually coming from or the foundation, the basis for the sound is Atashya Ether. Ether. We are made up of five elements. One of the element is Ether. And Ether is the basis for sound. Without Ether, there is no sound. Or in fact, I should say the sound is one which creates Ether. So what I am trying to say here is All that we speak, all that we do is getting stored in the Ether. In the Ether that is there in the cosmos. There is so much of Ether. So there is a huge cloud computing that is happening in the nature, in the prakriti. So everything that you have done in the past is all stored, is all stored in the ether element. Ether is huge. It is the largest, it occupies the largest volume when it compares in the whole universe. Ether is one element which actually takes up a lot of volume compared to other elements. I don't want to go much uh, into detail about this but I just want to tell you that anything that you do in this life, you speak is all getting stored. Everything is getting stored. If you have spoken wrong things to people it's getting stored in the ether and at the point of death when you are dying there are many instances when people are lying on the death bed all these things come back to your memory. The ether element will retrieve all these memories, all these bad things, good things, everything that you have done and like a flashback, it will be shown to you at the point of death. So be very careful what you do in this lifetime because at the point of death, everything will come. Like a movie, it will be showed, it will be revealed to you, all your path and then the Jeeva, he will cry. Many people on the deathbed, they are dying not because they are just uh, seeing their relatives and friends departing, No, they are also feeling or having that guilt for doing all the wrong things which they are now remembering. And so much of valuable human life is being wasted by them. And they are about to die now. They couldn't do anything. They think that they want to do when they become old. But then it's too late. So bad. So again, I just told this as a... um, simple tip to know that Ether is a wonderful cloud computing created by Krishna. So everything is getting stored. As we are speaking this, it is getting noted down in the Ether. So it will be revealed to you at the point of death. Yes, at this particular time you had attended Bhagavad Gita class. So there was all this audience here and Drasekna Prabhu was sharing this knowledge. So you will remember at the point of death, hopefully. So if you remember, it's very nice because you are remembering Krishna. So more we engage, in studying Bhagavad Gita, associating with the devotees, chanting the holy names, that is what is going to be revealed to you at the point of death. We will remember Krishna and go to Goloka. That's the ultimate goal. So do not waste time. Do not waste time. And do not speak anything ill to others. Because when we speak ill to others, especially when we use very harsh words to people, you know, all those things will come back and you will be able to listen to them, your own words. So that will be more painful, so that's how we need to avoid all those things. So here Krishna is saying that we existed, you existed, I existed, but I remember them all. Why now Krishna is able to remember is because Krishna's body is not like our body. Krishna's body is the body. We change our bodies, memories are gone. Krishna's body is a spiritual body. And it is always eternal, always fresh and that's why Krishna's memories are also constant. He never forgets because his body never changes. He has an eternal form. You see, there is a lot of uh, logical discussion here that is happening. Because Krishna does not change his body, he never forgets. He will never forget what he has done. So wonderful. So that's the beauty of Krishna and very nicely it is said that how Krishna, here, it is said Advaita achutam anadim ananta rupam adyam purana purusham navayauvanam cha vedesu durlabham adurlabham atma bhaktav govindam purusham tamaham bajami. Prabhupada says in this purport that advaitam achutam, achutam means he never falls from his uh, position. Yeah, I think you were able to hear the background music that is going on here. So, but anyway, I will still continue. I will not interrupt, get interrupted by them. So, there is some background music. Maybe we should do some kirtan here. <laughs> With this background music. So, just give me a minute, maybe that will get. By the way, if you have any questions, meanwhile, I think you can keep thinking about it and you can ask. Ah, yeah, now the noise is gone. I am sorry for that interruption earlier. Okay. So, Advaita Achyutam. Achyutam means, uh, we have achyutanji also here. Achyutam means, one who does not fall from his position. So, Krishna remembers. Because he remembers, he never falls down from his position. What a wonderful position that Krishna has. And Navayavanam cha. Navayavanam means, Krishna's body is always fresh. Have you seen any picture of Krishna where he looks with all big beard and, you know, very weak? You will never see a picture or image of Krishna where he looks very weak. Krishna is very youthful. He will always look as if he is just 16 years old. Krishna lived for 125 years on this planet, but still at that age, he was ever fresh. He was looking like a small 16 year old boy. On the battlefield of Kurukshetra, he was still young. Although Arjuna was looking a little old, but then Krishna was ever young because Navayavanamcha, his body is ever fresh. That is the special body. Now, if you want to remember everything and never be forgetful, then you should also get such in the body. So, I'm sure you are all very excited to get this wonderful spiritual body. Just imagine all of you get the spiritual body. Once you get that body, spiritual body, you will never forget. You will remember everything. It's so wonderful. That that will happen only in the spiritual world. And the best part of the spiritual world is, you will not have any negative memories, you will not have any painful memories. In the spiritual world, it's all wonderful, glorious, blissful memories and you will constantly remember them. So... This is the position why Krishna never forgets is because he never changes the body. We change the body and we forget our memories. So that's one thing that Krishna is saying here. And he's saying that you existed, I also existed. O Parantapa. So that's very nice that Krishna is establishing his superiority here. With respect to the Jivas. So let's go to the next verse. And that's very nice, so we have uh, Vinodji, let's chant the next verse, it's a very interesting verse again, so you can unmute yourself and let's chant verse number 6. So is this uh, screen visible to you Vinodji? Let me add him to, okay, yeah I think now you should be able to. Alright, so Vinoji, is this visible to you now? Yes, it's visible. Wonderful. Yes. Ajopi Sanna Ajopisan
1: Ajopi Sanna Ayatma.
0: Ghouta Nami Shwaropi
1: Prakrtim
0: Prakartim Swamadishthaya. Prakartim
1: Swamadishthaya.
0: Sambavami at Mayaya.
1: Sambavami at Mamaya.
0: Once again, Ajopi son of Vyatma.
1: Ajopi son of Vyatma.
0: Bhutanami swaroopi son. Bhutanami swaroopi son. Prakartim swamadishthaya. Prakartim
1: swamadishthaya. Wonderful, very nice.
0: Thank you. You can read the translation by yourself. Yes. Although I am unborn and my transcendental body never deteriorates, and although I am the Lord of all
1: sentient beings, I still appear in every millennium in my original transcendental
0: form. Wonderful thank you so much thank you so again a very interesting shloka here so this particular shloka Krishna is saying ajopisan avyatma bhutana iswaropisan it means that ajo aja means janma to take birth aja means to not take birth ajo means that you are unborn, like we are all spirit souls, we are unborn Krishna who is the Supreme Lord, he is also unborn we are eternal all the time ajopisan avyatma so what is avyatma? avya means without deterioration so the soul never dies, the Krishna being the supreme soul he also never dies, there is no birth and death to the spirit soul but there is a difference between the soul and the super soul and what is that Krishna is saying Bhutanam pisan." of all the Bhutanam the living entities the different living entities I am the Ishwara all the different living entities are my manifestation they are all coming from me so we are all part and parcels of the Supreme Lord Prakartim Swamadishthaya I manifest myself with respect with the my internal potency Sambhavami Atmamayaya I come, I take a different forms into this material world by my internal potency So this verse is a, has been a very good recipe for a huge debates between the Vaishnava and the Mayavadi So Vaishnavas and Mayavadis have literally, they have Wage a war against each other, <laughs> quoting this particular shloka. Because here Krishna is saying that prakritim. He is saying that prakritim I come from prakriti. So what Mayavadish tend to say is, oh Krishna, he is not a uh, supreme god. He is human like us, but he is a supreme human. They say that he is supreme human because he is also coming from prakriti. You see, that is the understanding that people have. But Sambhavami, Sambhavami means to manifest, to come into existence. But Krishna is saying, how does Sambhavami happens? Atma-mayaya. That Atma-mayaya means, I manifest in different forms because of my internal potency. So, broadly speaking, the Supreme Lord has three types of potencies. There is Antaranga Shakti, there is Bahiranga Shakti and there is tatastha Shakti. Bahiranga Shakti means this Maya that we speak, this Durga Devi who is actually controlling the material nature. This is called Bahiranga Shakti. Bahiranga Shakti is also energy of the Lord, but its functionality is different. Now it controls, this Bahiranga Shakti controls all this material universes. But there is Antaranga Shakti, there is internal potency of Krishna. This internal potency Krishna is for Krishna's activities. It takes care of all the different activities of Krishna. And that is under the control of Lakshmi Devi. Antaranga Shakti. And Tatashta Shakti. Marginal. Tatashta means marginal. So we, all living entities, we are Tatashta Shakti. We are neither Antaranga, we are neither Bahiranga. We are Tatashta, we are marginal. Now we, being Tatashta, sometimes we can fall into the Bahiranga Shakti of Krishna and sometimes we can fall into the Antaranga Shakti of Krishna. Right now, currently we are under the control of Bahiranga Shakti. Just like on the beach, you know sometimes there are some objects on the beach which gets covered by the waves of water of the ocean and again after some time the water goes and again the object is visible. So right now we are covered by the material wave, so we are completely covered, because we are tatashta shakti, the beach is the tatashta, it is like a margin right, for the, it is in between the land and the ocean, the beach, so we are in that position right now, it is like that for us, so we are covered by this material nature, so very interestingly Krishna is saying here that it is because of my internal potency I come here, so we should never think that Krishna is ordinary person. He never comes because of some material manifestation. Material energy is giving him form. No. In fact, in the next uh, future chapters, Krishna is going to say that how that Prakriti is under his control. He says that all this Prakriti is my adyakshana Prakriti sweta He says that all this material energy is under my control. He is the controller of this prakriti. He never comes under the prakriti. So Krishna is making it very clear here that although you are existing, I am existing but you come, all of us, we come under the control of material energy but when Krishna comes, Krishna comes with his internal potency. Just like I had given this earlier, this analogy example of how when a prime minister of country, he visits the prison, it is not that he is forced into the prison, he is actually going into the prison by his own will, with his own accord to probably uh, give some nice uh, motivational speaker <laughs> speech to all these uh, prisoners there and rectify their problems and all the misgivings that they have done and then again come back and lead a normal life in the society, like a normal citizen. But the PM when is in the prison, he is not subjected to the laws of the prison. He is completely free, he can roam around wherever he wants, right? But we prisoners, no we cannot, we cannot, we don't have that freedom. So when Krishna, he is the supreme prime minister of the whole universe. when he comes into this prison, this material world, he is not subjected to the laws of this material world. There is a difference because he is this controller. He is never subjected to birth, old age, disease and death. But we are actually subjected To birth old age disease and death. So this is the difference. So he never acts, never comes under the control of prakriti, this material prakriti. So this is the difference. So now the next two shlokas are very interesting, very very important and let's try to understand a little bit more about this upcoming shlokas and very very famous shlokas. So probably it will be very easy for all of you to chant. So uh, now let's see if... uh, Uma Kumar can read. Uh, Uma Kumar, you can unmute yourself. I am going to display the screen. Yes, Guruji. And let's chant this shloka. It will be very nice. And then... Okay, just give me a minute. Okay. Alright. 4.7. Yada yada hi dharmasya. Yada yada hi, hi dharmasya. Glanir bhavati bharata. Glanir Bhavati Bharata Abhyuttanam Adharmasyah Abhyuttanam Adharmasyah Tadatmanam Srijamiham Tadatmanam Srijamiham Once again Yada yada hi dharmasyah Yada yada hi dharmasyah Glanir Bhavati Bharata Glanir Bhavati Bharata Abhyutanam dharmasyā Abhyutanam dharmasyā Tadātmānam sajāmyaham Tadātmānam sajāmyaham Wonderful. Please read the translation by yourself. Whenever and wherever there is a decline in religious practice, co-descendant of Bharata and predominant race of my irreligion, at that time I descend myself. Wonderful. Thank you so much. So, uh, a very uh, popular shloka. Most of you are already aware of this. And there are so many things that we have uh, discussed uh, previously. But here Krishna is giving a very interesting thing. A very nice shloka. And this is a very uh, merciful nature of the Lord. See, Krishna is so loving. Here he is saying that yada yadai dharmasya glanir bhavati bharata Whenever there is rise in irreligion, I descend, I come personally and I come because abhyuttaanam dharmasya tadatmanam srijamiyam Who will say this? You know there are many people who promise us to be very helpful Many times people come and say that yes swamiji or uh, ok whenever there is a problem just give me a call and I will come and help you anytime you can just give me a call and I will help you, I will be there for you. There are many people who promise us. They want to give us that Abhaya. Abhaya means fearlessness. But there can be no one like Krishna. Many times when we call people in the midnight, oh I have a problem, please come. They will think, okay there is a problem, let me go in the morning. You know they say that, okay, somehow this problem can be uh, kept on halt or kept can be parked till the morning and let me go in the morning. Many times people promise like that, anytime you call I will come but then when you actually call them but they say no no let me go a little later. Krishna is not like that. Krishna anytime you call he is accessible to you. He is accessible to you at real time. Real time means moment to moment, he is there with you, he is listening to you, he listens to your prayers because right there within your heart 24 hours he is there so he is very very close and he is saying here yada yada this word whenever and wherever so Krishna is saying whenever you want to call me you call me wherever you want to call me you call me because he can access every place and any time just imagine you are somewhere in uh, the different world maybe in America in US or UK and you need some help you call somebody in India they cannot come immediately One thing is the time constraint, plus there is so much of distance, but Krishna is saying I don't have this constraint of time and space. You go to even hell or heaven, Krishna can come there. So that's why, Eda Eda, wherever and whenever, you give me a call I will come. But nobody wants to call Krishna, unfortunately they don't have the number to call Krishna. They are simply dialing all wrong numbers and it's simply going here and there. They never actually dial Krishna. We are so hopeful and try to have this faith on so many people but we don't keep the same faith on Krishna. We are dialing wrong numbers. So what is the best way to call Krishna? Chant Hare Krishna. That's the wonderful number. Hare Krishna mantra is the number. It's not a 10 digit number, it is a 16 word mantra. It is 16 word mantra which you chant and you get access to Krishna Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Rama, Hare This is the number to call Krishna but we don't call Right? So Glanir, Glanir means decline So what is going to decline? Dharmasya. Whenever there is decline of Dharma Whenever and wherever Krishna is saying I will come Abhyuttanam abhyutta, Abhivriddi When Adharma is becoming more and more uh, popular, Adharma is rising constantly, is flourishing Then I will come, I will descend. Who can speak like this? Can anyone say like this? Can anyone tell, oh yes, there is Adharma happening, I will go and protect? No, we don't have this capacity. Only Krishna can declare. This is not simply a conversation. Especially this particular shloka. It is not a casual conversation. Krishna is declaring something here. It is a declaration. It is Krishna's declaration. Which means, he is going to act on this. Very wonderful shloka, you see. What is, by the way, adharma? There is good, there is bad. Now when bad overtakes the good in proportion then we call it as adharma and vice-versa when bad is overtaken in proportion by good then we call it as dharma. So whenever adharma is more relatively speaking with compared, when compared to good then Krishna is going to come. Now Dharma, this word is multivalent, now what do I mean multivalent? It means, it can mean a lot of things, Dharma is not a, does not have a single meaning, Dharma has multiple meanings and what are those? You see, like previously we spoke about Dharma at the constitutional level, at the soul level. The soul has a constitutional Dharma and that is to love and serve Krishna. Then we have dharma at a vyavaric level, you know, we have to be like practical spirituality, right? We were discussing about cleanliness, we spoke about prasadam previously. So that is also a dharma at a vyavaric level where it's a devotional act again. So there we also have to follow dharma, how to deal with people, how to deal with things, how to deal with our own self. This is also dharma. So that is another level of dharma. Another dharma is at a transitional level. Transitional level means where we are doing sadhana bhakti, as the sadhakas we are discussing about practical spirituality. So this is all about transitional dharma. So what I am trying to say here is, whenever there is a dharma, when there is rise in a dharma, Krishna appears to re-establish. He comes, He descends. How does He descend? He uses his internal potency and he takes a form, and that's exactly what he's doing on the battlefield of Kurukshetra. As he's speaking, he's actually doing this. What is he doing on the battlefield? He is actually trying to establish dharma, dharma which was actually overtaken by adharma, adharma created by the Kauravas, this Duryodhana and party. So much of adharma, chaos they had created in the society. And to re-establish, he has again come. Just imagine when Krishna came, he had to kill so many demons. This Mother Earth was suffering. Why? Not because of the weight of the population that is growing. No. This Earth is capable enough to handle 10 times the population or even more. But she cannot tolerate Adharma. So when so much of Adharma was there on this planet, she went. She went to Brahma. Please help me. I am suffering here of all these nonsensical people. So, Brahma said, I cannot do anything, let, let us go to Vishnu and Vishnu said, okay, I am going to come. You see, why? Because Adharma was on rise. Everybody was, the good people were suffering and that's why Krishna had to come. Krishna came and so many demons he killed, Putna, Shakatasura, Vritrasura, not Vritrasura, I am sorry, this um, uh, fire demon, and then there was this, uh, he, he taught something to Indra. So many de- demons, unlimited demons he killed, right? Then comes himself. And here, finally, a big, a big uh, mega plan of Krishna here on this Kurukshetra war where he wants to take out, eliminate each and every Adharmic person on the planet, from the planet. Completely wipe out all the Adharmic people. That's the master plan of Krishna. And that's why he's here and speaking this. It's a declaration. So as he's speaking, he's actually executing his orders. You see, so beautiful Krishna is. So that's why Krishna's words, Krishna himself, no difference. It's absolute. There's no difference between them. So wonderful. And only Krishna can declare like this. You see? But this is the special mercy of Krishna. To establish dharma. Why dharma? Because there are good people and you want to protect the good people. You want to protect the good people, that's why he descends. So that he's going to explain in the next chapter. So, next words. So, Hina Mataji can uh, unmute and let's chant this very interesting sloga and that is verse number 8. So, I hope Mataji this uh, screen is visible to you.
1: Yes, yes, please.
0: Let's chant this very interesting shloka. परित्राणाय साधुना परित्राणाय
1: साधुनाम
0: विनाशाय च दुष्कर्ताम विनाशाय च
1: दुष्कर्ताम
0: धर्मसंस्थापनाथाया धर्मसंस्थाप पा,
1: संस्थापानाथायो
0: था, संभवामी युगे युगे Sambhavami yuge yuge Once again Paritranaaya sadhunam
1: Paritranaaya sadhunam
0: Vinashaya chadushkritam Vinashaya
1: chadushkritam
0: Dharma samsthaapanathaya Dharma
1: samsthaapanathaya
0: Sambhavami yuge yuge Please read the translation by yourself.
1: In order to deliver the pious and to annihilate the miscreants as well as to re-establish the principles of religion, I advent myself millennium after millennium.
0: Wonderful. Thank you so much, (coughs) Padraig. Great. So this is a very interesting shloka again. And the most important, one of the very important slokas in the Bhagavad Gita and especially in this chapter. Paritrāṇāya Sādhūnā. What does it mean? Paritrāṇāya Sādhūnā. So, whenever there is adharma, when there is that happens, then tadātmānam srajāmiyam, that is the time when I descend, but why do I descend? It's not simply because I want to establish Dharma, but it's also because is sadhuna There are a lot of sadhus. Who is a sadhu? A saintly person. When saintly persons are suffering, that's when Krishna appears personally. He's saying that I will descend personally to protect my devotees. So, you know there is a, there was this uh, King Akbar and Akbar also had Birbal as a minister in his court. And uh, although there were a lot of other people, kings, Akbar was a kind of relatively good Mughal king because he was favorably inclined towards our Vedic culture and he used to read Bhagavad Gita and he also used to support the contempt construction of temples. There are many temples which were supported in uh, North India. If you go to Mathura Vrindavan, Akbar was the only person probably who has actually uh, helped uh, some of the Hindus in building and constructing temples. So, there are some very nice things here. Once when Akbar was reading this particular shloka, Paritraanae Sadunam, Minasaya Chaitushkrutam, Dharma you gave I personally come. So this was indigestible to Akbar. He said that why the Lord has to come personally. He can send someone right. He can send some of his people to take care of all these people. Like the good people and then he can protect them. Why he has to personally come to protect. So when he asked this to Birbal, Birbal said. My Lord I have this answer but I will not give you immediately. You have to wait for this. So once when Akbar and Birbal both of them along with the son of Akbar and the boatman and everybody they were actually going on a boat in the river so while they were actually on the boat Birbal pushed the son of Akbar into the waters. suddenly when he saw the son falling into the waters, Akbar himself he jumped into the waters and he protected and when he came back onto the boat he said Birbal how could you do this you are my minister I pay you and you are pushing my son So then Birbal said, My Lord, when your son fell into the water, why didn't you ask some of your soldiers to jump into the water? Why did you personally dive into the water? He said, Well, I love him. He is my son. So, that's when Birbal said, Similarly, just like you personally jumped into the water, you did not order anyone else. Because he is your son and you love him, you personally dive. Similarly, Lord Krishna, when he loves, of course he loves everyone, but when there is someone who is intimately connected to Krishna, devotees, the saintly, sadhunam, when they are in pain, Krishna as a loving father, he personally comes to protect his devotees. That is the quality of a real father, you see. So, is sadhunam, he protects his devotees, that's why he comes. So, I also have some comments here on uh, YouTube so I see there is Nakul uh, Athni who has joined us here thank you so much Nakul for being here and he's saying that I'm a big fan oh I was not aware but anyway I'm really thankful to have this comment from you thank you so much all right so let's continue with uh, the discussion I saw so many comments so I just wanted to see what it is if there are any questions so here we have this very next line, he says, Vinasaya So here he is saying that, I will destroy all the inimical people. Those people who are going to give pain to my devotees, Sadunam, I am going to destroy them. See, the order in which Krishna speaks is also so nice. Krishna is very nicely saying, First he said, I come onto this planet, this material world, because I want to protect my devotees. He's not saying that I come here because I want to destroy the negative elements. Because to destroy the negative elements, just the blink of Krishna, when he blinks his eye, that's enough. He can shut down. What to speak? If he says that within the heart, if he says, if he wants, if he wills, he can stop our heartbeat right now. That that capacity Krishna has. He's sitting in the demon's heart. He can just stop the heartbeat, that's enough, he will kill everybody but no, he comes personally because he wants to protect, he wants to reciprocate with his devotees because the devotees have put so much of faith in Krishna and they want to see that Krishna protects them. When Prasad Maharaj was put into difficulty by Hiranyakashipu, to kill Hiranyakashipu was not a big deal for Krishna, for Narasimha. But he came personally from the Uggra Stamba. He came out of the Stamba. Why? Because my devotee has put so much of faith that I am present in this Stamba. I am present in this pillar. I have to prove my word, the words of my devotee right. I am going to appear from the pillar. Just see. Paritranaya Sadhana. Arjuna, the Pandavas are difficulties. He comes personally running. Draupadi is calling. Oh, how can I feed this? Uh, this Durvasa uh, Muni and his all his disciples. She calls Krishna. Krishna comes personally. Paritranaya Sadhuna. Just see, Gajendra is in pain. The crocodile has caught him again. Paritranaya To kill the crocodile, to kill all these negative elements doesn't take time for Krishna. He comes because he wants to. Have nice loving relationship with the devotees. And he sets an example like this. By taking incarnations that yes I come personally to protect my devotees. Every time. Every single time. There is a constant conflict. Battle between good and bad. This good and bad is there within us. adharma and Dharma both are there within our heart. And there is a battle that is going on. Constantly on a day to day basis there is a battle within our heart that is going on. And the same battle which is there in the heart is projected outside by the people. And that's why we see there is a constant battle between good and bad elements within the society also. The same thing is getting projected outside. Right? So that's why we need to understand that Krishna incarnates, incarnates in specific forms. He is not ordinary. samsthapana <laughs> thaya. Sambhavami Yuge Yuge. I come because I want to re-establish Dharma by giving the control to my devotees. After this battle of Kurukshetra, you Pandavas are dharmic people, and I will re-establish Yudhishthira to be the king, the emperor of the world. Dharma I will not rule it myself, I'll give it to the devotees. In the time of Ramayana, when there was a battle between Ravana and Ram, Ram, Lord Ram, he eliminated Ravana and then Dharmasamsthapanathaya, he told his dear devotee, Vibhishan, now you rule. Lanka and you ensure that Dharma is carried out from here. Dharmasamsthapanathaya. That is the beauty of Krishna. Who can do this? Who can declare other than Krishna? Nobody can do this. It's only Krishna who can declare like this. Dharma samsthapanasa. Why dharma is important? It's because we will suffer when we do a dharma. We suffer, and by dharma we elevate ourselves to Krishna consciousness. So I wanted to share uh, some more very nice things about. The avataras, when Krishna says, Sambhavami yuge yuge, that means not just in Dwapar Yuga, in millennium after millennium I come. So, what are the different types of incarnations I wanted to share with all of you. So, there are basically, broadly speaking, there are six kinds of incarnations. Now, what are these six kinds of incarnations? Number one, the Purusha Avatara Number two, that is Leela Avatara Three, the Guna Avatara Number four, the Manmantara Avatara Number five, there are Yuga Avatara And number six, there are Shakta Vesh avataras. So very interesting, isn't it? So incarnation is also not a very simple thing. Actually, there is so much of details about the incarnation. So there are Purusha-Avataras, so let's understand a little bit about what are these Purusha-Avataras. So, Purusha-Avataras means the original Supreme Personality of Godhead is Krishna. In the Srimad-Bhagavatam, there is a very nice verse which says that ete chamsa kalha punsaha bhagavan indriyari vakulam lokam yuge yuge So, the original, the Supreme Personality is actually Krishna. Krishna is the original form. When we talk about the absolute form of the Lord, it is Krishna, the two-handed form with the flute in the hand, with the feather on his crown. The bluish boy, this beautiful lotus-eyed boy is the original Personality. Vyasa Devi saying this, very nice, very important and I just want to check, very beautifully Krishna also has said, uh, Prabhupada is mentioning about one very nice uh, words. one very nice statement that Krishna, just give me a moment, I am just checking, very nice in the purport, Prabhupada has explained, one very nice word. Trying to get this sentence which very beautifully explains Prabhupada is very nicely saying this verse. Hmm, just give me a moment. I am sorry, I am just not getting it. The paupers are quite huge today. They are quite big ones. So, it is difficult to get the exact sentence where very beautifully Krishna is explaining. You can read uh, the particular uh, paupers of Prabhupada that we have discussed today. You will definitely get and enjoy very nicely the understanding of that particular sentence. Anyway, let me see if I get it later. So, Purusha Uttaras. What are these Purusha Uttaras? Let us understand. So, Krishna is the original personality and from Krishna, then there are expansions. Then there is the immediate expansion, that is Balarama And then, that is Sankarsana, it's also called so. Then there is a quadruple, four Prominent, Prominent means they are first quadruple expansions Which I will not explain in detail today, they are called Pradyumna, Aniruddha, Vasudeva And Sankarsana And there are second quadruple expansions Now, when this material world has to get created Then there are specific avatars, purusha avatars. What are those purusha avatars? The purusha avatar is, first is Mahavishnu. Mahavishnu is lying on the causal ocean. And then, we have seen that image previously, when he breathes out, when he exhales, all the different universes, like bubbles, they come out from the pores of his skin. Bud, 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 bud all these different universes are coming out. So that form is Mahavishnu From Mahavishnu who has created all these different universes The concept of multi-universes is very much proved here Now there is the next expansion from Mahavishnu That is Garbodakshay Vishnu Garbodakshay Vishnu means in every bubble That is every universe There is an expansion called Garbodakshay Vishnu so garbhodakshai vishnu further expands himself into shirodakshai vishnu so these three are actually purusha avataras. shirodakshai vishnu means it is there in every atom in everybody's heart the form is actually shirodakshai vishnu so mahavishnu garbhodakshai vishnu and then shirodakshai vishnu these three are called purusha avataras. then There are Leela avataras Again, there are broadly speaking 25 Leela avataras Leela means pastimes We don't do Leela, right? (laughs) Our activities are not called Leela Our, Our activities are called Karma But when Lord comes and performs His activities They are not called Karma, they are called Leela Because they are transcendental So there are about 25 Leela avutaras which are explained in the Srimad Bhagavatam. Like Kurma avutara, Matsya avutara, it's Leela avutara. Then there is this, uh, uh, we have Krishna, we have Rama, we have Buddha. These are all different Leela avutaras. Different different Leelas, Narsimha, they come and they perform the Leela. That's why it's called Leela Autaras. So these are all Leela avutaras. Then the third is Guna avutaras. Guna means, there are three gunas, Sattva Guna, Rajoguna and tamoguna. Three gunas So, Sattva Guna is actually under the jurisdiction of Vishnu Now Brahma in one sense is actually an expansion Of Vishnu who takes charge of the Rajoguna And then the further expansion of Vishnu again is the Rudra Who takes care of the tamoguna. So there are a lot of details But these Brahma, Vishnu and uh, Shiva, they are called the Guna-Avataras of the Supreme Lord. Everything is actually emanating from Vishnu himself. And then there are the next level, next types of Autara, that is called manmantra avataras Now, in the day of Brahma, that is called Kalpa, that is 12 hours. In the 12 hours of Brahma, there are 14 Manus who come. There are 14 Manus who appear in one day of Brahma. Let me explain to you this. What is manvantara? There is this cycle, right? Satya Yuga, Trita Yuga, Dwapar Yuga and then there is Kali Yuga. This is one cycle. Like this, 72 cycles of this Yuga, Maha Yuga is actually one manvantara. 72 such cycles of Satya, Treta, Dwapara and Kali is one Manvantara. So this one Manvantara is actually taken control by one particular personality. Right now we are in a Vaivasvata Manvantara and that's why Vivaswan, we are here the very first sloka of this chapter, Vivaswan. So he is actually the controller of this Manvantara, Vaivasvata Manvantara. So we are under his control and the Indra who is ruling in this Manvantara is called Purandara. In the next Manvantara, there will be another Indra who is Bali himself. Bali will become the next Indra in the next Manvantara. Again, now point here is there are 14 Manvantaras in the day of Brahma, in the 12 hours of Brahma and there are different avataras like for example Vamana. Vamana is Manvantara avatar. Vamana comes, although it is called Leela Avatara, but there are, it is also called as Manmantara Avatara. Because specific to this Manmantara, Vamandev comes. And then there are Yuga Avataras. Yuga Avataras means like Satya, Treta, Dwapara, and Kali Yuga. So in the Satya Yuga, when the Lord appears, He comes in whitish form. In the Treta Yuga, when He comes, He comes in reddish form, the boar incarnation. And when he comes in Dwapar Yuga, he comes in the Shamasundara blackish form, the Krishna. And then when he comes in the Satya Yuga, that is sorry, in Kali Yuga, he comes in yellowish form. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he comes tapt kanchana Gaurangi, we say right. That is for Gaurangi is Radharani. So Gauranga is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So he comes in yellowish form in Kali Yuga. So in Kali Yuga also there are many incarnations. For example, Tirupati Balaji. Tirupati Balaji appeared in Kali Yuga. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He is going to come in Kali Yuga. And again, Kalki Avatara is going to come in Kali Yuga. So, Yuga Avataras are there. Then there is Shaktyavesha Avatara. Shaktyavesha Avatara means Avesha. I'll explain to you what is this Avesha. All these are little technical but this is a very good information that you should know. Shaktyavesha Avatara means there are some personalities which are empowered by Krishna. Like Narad Muni, he is a Shaktya Vesha Avatara. Now, Narada Muni is a personality, he is a living entity like us, but he is specially empowered by Krishna. The four Kumaras, the Sanat Kumaras, the sons of Brahma, they are also Shaktya Vesha They are specifically empowered by Krishna. Vyasadev, again he is a Shaktya Vesha Avatara. Srila Prabhupada, Shaktya Vesha Avatara. They are specifically empowered by Krishna. So these are the different six kinds of incarnations and in the Garga Samhita there is a conversation between Narada Muni and King Bahulashwa. So there also they are talking about six kinds of incarnation, which I just want to briefly mention here. So there when Narada Muni is saying he talks about Amsha Amsha Avatara, part of the part. So I will not go deep into this. Amsha Amsha means part and parcel. Like we have this quadruple expansions. Krishna is the original personality. But then from Krishna there comes this quadruple expansion, and from those quadruple expansion there are further expansions. So they are called Amsha Amsha Utara. Amsha Utara means a part. Avesha, like I told you, Avesha, Shakya vesha. Avesha means entrance into the jiva. Muni is a jiva, but Krishna comes as an Avesha into them and empowers them. Pruthu Maharaj. Now Pruthu is actually a living entity but Krishna empowers them. So they are called Shakti Avesha Avatara. And Avesha can not be just of uh, the Supreme Lord. Sometimes there can be Avesha of some negative elements also. You know when uh, Karana came, Karna is actually Suryadev, he is an incarnation of Surya. But Karna has had an Avesha of a demon sastra Sura, Sastra Kavacha, Kavacha Sura, something like that he was there. I don't uh, remember his name. So he had Sastra Kavacha, it's because of the demon. So Avesha was there. In Putna, in Putna, although she was a demoness, there was an Avesha of Urvashi in Putna. So all there are a lot of things to be known about Avesha. Then Kala, Kala means a full part, an incarnation in, in full. And Purna means it's full. I Like Vishnu is Purnavatara. but Paripurna Atma is Krishna. If there is one incarnation which is Paripurna and that is Krishna, the supreme original personality of Godhead. Just like a candle, you know you take a candle and you take the candle and you light another candle. Now both the candles will actually light in a similar fashion. They have the equal similar uh, potency to give light. But still, the first candle is the original candle. So, from Krishna, all the different incarnations, the Manvantara-Avataras, the purusha the Leela-Avataras, the guna all these different incarnations are coming from the original source and that is Krishna. This has been established by the Shastras in the Srimad Bhagavatam and all the different great personalities, Acharyas have confirmed this that Krishna is the original personality of Godhead. This is very important that we should know. Right? So, now if you have any questions, we can take up some questions. Uh, uh, so, this will be really nice. So, this is what we wanted to explain today. So Krishna has explained that. I want to re-establish dharma and that's why I come. This is a declaration that Krishna is doing in this particular two slokas. Paritranaye sadunam vinashayet vrishkutam. So yuge yuge, I am going to come every millennium after millennium to protect my devotees. So now you can feel free to ask me questions. So let's have some uh, round of questions for the next five, five minutes. So we have discussed uh, very nice slokas today. And uh, as you are thinking about the questions, let me think, let me find that particular words, particular sentence, what Prabhupada had mentioned. Ah, Here he mentioned, in the fourth verse, in the purport, in the fourth verse of today, 4.4 purport, Prabhupada says very nicely, Arjuna knew perfectly well that Krishna is the supreme personality of God. Now it's not that Krishna Arjuna is doubting oh how can he speak to sun god he's not doubting there is no doubt in Arjuna's mind but people may question how can a Krishna speak to sun god so to benefit all the conditioned soul Arjuna is asking this question on our behalf so there Prabhupada is saying, that Arjuna knew perfectly well that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead The Fountainhead of everything and the last word in transcendence I repeat it again The Fountainhead of everything and the last word in transcendence See the choice of words that Prabhupada has used here Very nice, Fountainhead, you know Fountain, when there is water coming out of the fountain It comes out and then it sprinkles everywhere, right? So fountain head, fountain head means the base from where the fountain comes, erupts. Prabhupada is saying Krishna is like that. Everything erupts but the fountain head is Krishna. All the different incarnations like fountain, they all keep coming and the fountain head is Krishna. In fact, scriptures say there are unlimited incarnations. Just like you cannot count the number of waves coming into the ocean, you sit on the beach and you can you count the number of waves? No, there are so many waves that keep coming. So there are so many incarnations, innumerable incarnations of Krishna. Incarnates in the different species. It's not that he's taking incarnation only in human form. He takes incarnation in animal forms, in the bird form, in the fish form. He takes form incarnations in every different species innumerable incarnations, But then he says everything is the fountainhead of everything and the last word in transcendence last word of transcendence means all the Vaikuntha planets are transcendental I know you are very much aware now what is transcendental? Beyond three modes it's spiritual. In spiritual world there is Vaikuntha, there is Mathura, there is Dwarka there is Ayodhya, there is Goloka Goloka and then different forms are there in the spiritual world, but in that transcendence also, the last word, the topmost, Prabhupada is saying that Krishna is the last word of transcendence, that means it is the topmost. Okay? So this is how Krishna has explained, Prabhupada is explaining this, I hope you get the form. So let's take some questions, Prabhupada is saying here, uh, all these beautiful things and Achutanji is asking Guruji, I had a question from our previous session. Oh, I remember. I'm so sorry. Today uh, I'll not be able to do justice to that uh, particular question. I, I did remember, but since uh, uh, we have very limited time, Achutanji, I will definitely touch upon those questions in the next session because it requires a, a background that has to be given. But they are very important questions which we will definitely touch upon. Yes, very nice. Uh, Hina Mataj is asking, that's wonderful knowledge for us, uh, although we will need to hear again. Yes, actually there is a lot of uh, details about these avataras. There is a lot of explanation that goes in, uh, in explaining these different avataras. Uh, The Guna avataras, the Puna avataras. There are many, many, many uh, types and details that we are going to ask. Like Mohini avataras. Like we have this Mohini, Krishna comes in the form of Mohini. Now it's a leela avatara. For a very specific purpose, he comes. He takes that incarnation and he goes. So it's a leela avatara. Again, in this leela avatara, there are uh, there are temporary, there are something called as nitya, naimittika. Lot of details are there, which we will, as we go forward, we will explain and understand more about this. But for now, we should know that these are the different levels of avatars. Uh, Achutanji is asking again. One thing that we discussed today was about supreme science and how it was passed on as the chain of discipline succession. Correct. Would be wonderful to know which era or history did the degradation begin. Yes, uh, I need to uh, study a little bit about this and then give you the right answer. Although on a superficial level I know something but it's better that I Contemplate on this question a little bit and then give more details so that uh, you will understand, you will enjoy and uh, in the process of researching even I will enjoy. So that's a very important question. I will definitely touch upon that question next time Achutanji. Correct. I completely understand. So, Hina Mataji is asking again, Prabhuji, what is the Mayavadi philosophy? Uh, did not understand the difference Although I think you had explained earlier. So what happens here, see there is Vaishnava Siddhanta, there is Mayavadi Siddhanta, there is Dvaita philosophy and Advaita philosophy. Now Mayavadis are Advaitas. Mean, they say that you are Brahman, I am Brahman, and there is a Supreme Brahman. So it says that We have forgotten that we are Brahman right now, that means we are God. But when we get liberated, we will merge into that Supreme Brahman and we will become God. This is Mayavadi philosophy. They think that when we get liberated, they will become God. And this is very prominent in India. There are many people who think, who believe that they are God, but just that right now they don't know that they are God but when you do meditation, do tapasya and you become purified, then you will become God. So this is the understanding of the Mayavadis. Now, what Vaishnava Siddhanta says is Atato, like Aham Brahmasmi the whole discussion is on Aham Brahmasmi it's a very deep topic that Aham Brahmasmi means I am also that Brahman, I am also that God. But Vaishnava Siddhanta says No, Aham Brahmasmi means I am qualitatively same as God, but quantitatively I am not God. For example, you take a drop of water from the ocean, it is salty. The water in the ocean is also salty. So qualitatively they are the same, but quantitatively a drop of water cannot be called as ocean. So we are qualitatively, yes. I am spiritual, the Supreme Lord Krishna is also spiritual in nature. Sachidananda, Sachidananda. But I am not God because quantitatively I am limited. Krishna is Vibhu, I am Anu. So this difference the Mayavadis don't understand. Mayavadis think that I will become powerful as Krishna when I become liberated. It's not going to happen. Krishna is Krishna all the time. If we were God. God is God for all the time, eternal Sat Chit Ananda Sat means eternal God is not that I was God yesterday I did not become, right now I am not God Tomorrow again I will become God No, no, God is not like that God cannot be defined, God is God for eternity You see So there is a difference If I was God then how is that we are conditioned right now How is that I have taken this material body Right? I should not be getting the material body. I should be getting spiritual body. Just like Krishna, when he takes, when he comes into this uh, material world, he takes avatara. That's why it is called avatara. Avatara means you are descending from spiritual world to this material world. That's why it's called avatara. When we take birth, we are not taking avatara. We are taking punarjanma. There is a difference, and we are taking this material body. We are not taking spiritual body. So I'm not God because I'm accepting this material body, I'm not God. God never takes material bodies. Right? We are becoming old. We are becoming we are going to die one day. So this difference is there between the Jivatma and the Paramatma. This difference is not understood by the Mayavadis. Now Krishna is going to smash all these misconceptions in the Bhagavad Gita. All these are actually to tell the Mayavadis that. We are not same as Krishna. We are not Krishna. Right? So, I hope uh, this gives you a little idea about what is Mayavada and what is uh, the Vaishnava Siddhanta, the Dvaita philosophy. Advaita and Dvaita. So, there is oneness and difference. This is called the philosophy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Achintya Bheda Abheda Tattva. Achintya Bheda Abheda Tattva means there is simultaneous oneness and difference between us and the Supreme Lord. Oneness in quality, in quality difference in quantity. So that is Achinta Veda Veda So we will explain and understand more about this as we go forward. So there are a lot of things that we want to discuss. Right, so uh, any more questions? If there are any, please feel free to ask. If not, then uh, we will definitely touch upon uh, the question that Achutanji has asked. Uh, uh, I am really sorry, I could not touch upon that today. But next session definitely that question will be asked and it's very important. And since we have just discussed about Paritraanay Sadhunam and also we have discussed about uh, how Krishna appears again and again to protect the sadhus. So this is very relevant question uh, to these two shlokas, the seven and eight. So we will definitely touch upon this next session. Okay, so thank you so much for joining today once again. So we will definitely uh, discuss more. Uh, and continue our study. And Krishna uh, is going to wonderfully explain in the ninth verse uh, about his position, about Krishna's supreme position in the ninth verse. So that will be an amazing thing. Uh, we will uh, get more details about Krishna's personal potency and uh, Krishna's beautiful forms and qualities. Uh, so I think that will be really very really nice. So, Krishna is very merciful, Lord and he's explaining all these things for our benefit. So please take care. Until then, we'll see you again next Sunday. Hare Krishna.